Hello everybody, it's Gary Stuckey. Welcome back to another episode of Real Music. Hope you're having a great day so far. This is gonna make it better. A friend of mine, David Ellison is here. He's back once again. Love for him to check in and see what's going on with him. You know him, of course, uh, as the former uh, bassist for Megadeth, but he's got a band called Dias. They've got a new album out. Uh, David sings lead uh, vocals on a song, which is really cool. Uh, you know, uh, and he's also known for uh, The Lucid, and uh, he's been jamming with Kings of Thrash, and they've got uh, some shows coming up. Uh, Dave's going to be doing uh, some NAM shows up in uh, Anaheim, California in January, um, and going to be talking about his coffee and a lot of other cool things, a lot of stuff going on. So let's not waste any time, okay? Here we go, here's David Ellison. I think the last time I talked to you, you and Jeff Scott Soto were just getting together, I think. Good timing then that my Rat Pack Records showed up in my stack of black t-shirts. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I figured, yeah, why not? Let me wear this, I support hey. the cause. So yeah, it's funny that that was the last conversation we had, which was about a year ago, right? Yep, that's exactly yeah. right. right. You've yeah. had a lot going on and, uh that's got to be fun to have different projects happening. How do you decide what takes the uh, top priority whenever you're well, doing things? That's a great question because I always get this thing from these record labels. Well, is this a band or is this a project? It's like, tell you what, they're all a band and they're all a project. If anyone right. likes them, then we do another one. You know, it's just that simple. And they've all been like that, you know, and every every band is like that. Every record deal is set up like that, right? If yeah. enough people like it and buy it, they can afford to give you money to do another one. You do another one. It was like that with Megadeth, you know? And uh, sure. in fact, I'm lucky with that because we actually survived every record contract we had. We actually were able to fulfill it. We never got dropped, you know? So I, I look at it the same thing with, you know, everything I've done, you know, um, otherwise, you know, for Megadeth is, is it's, you know, including Rat Pack, you know, we, we did a one album deal. Let's put it out. Seems to be cool. Maybe we'll do another one, you know, or Ellison something, you know, Ellison Young, Ellison right. Townsend. I don't know. Ellison. <laughs> just <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Ellison, whoever. Yeah. Just whoever. So, you know, yeah, which right. I like that. I'm, I'm actually happy that life is like that right now. You know, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's cool you know? to be like that. I mean, and there's no pressure. It's like, I think I'll do this. I mean, just on any given time. I mean, you're yeah. not really pressured by the different projects, right? I mean, there is no. no. No pressure. You know, so you know, like a year ago, you know, there's a lot kind of coming down the pike at the same time, you know, like for instance, the Ellison Soda record and Rat Pack did a great job. You know, they really did a great job with it. They, they, you know, they think like, like a true metalhead, you know, they made the vinyl, they made the backstage passes. In fact, I think I have one over here. They made backstage passes and picks and, you know, really, really fan favorite deep dive, cool stuff, you know, and, and, I love when a label gets behind at <clears throat> get behind something like that. And and you know, same with with Napalm with Dieth, you know, they're a real metal label. That's what they specialize in. Um, they make real rock records, you know. So um, you know, so I, I always like doing that. You know, the Lucid we basically did independent, which was uh which was cool. Drew kind of drove the bus on that. And um, you know, then we could sort of you know, I mean, who else puts a puts a single out the day before Christmas like we did, you know? And uh, I told him, you know, I told him, I said, listen, man, I got a lot coming down the bike in 23. 
with Kings of Thrash, with Dieth, you know, so I need I need to get the runway cleared. So I said, if we're going to release this Lucid thing, we got to get it done by the end of the year. And, you know, the industry shuts down by Thanksgiving, you know, the charts freeze, people start going on vacations, nobody's putting out new records. Even Christmas records usually come out before, you know, before Thanksgiving because, you know, excuse <laughs> me, the industry just, you know, again, everybody goes on vacation. They're not thinking about work, you know, <laughs> thinking about going on vacation. So, you know, with Drew, I told literally it was the week of Thanksgiving or of Christmas. And I said, dude, tell you what, put it out like, you know, the Thursday or Friday, right before Christmas. Trust me, there'll be no news. The news sites would be clamoring for stuff to report on, you know. And so we did, we put that single out that had, uh, Violent J from Insane Clown Posse, you know, and it and it blew shit up, man. So I love that. I love being able to, you know, you know, break the rules, you know. Sure, sure. You're talking about uh Dias. How's that been going, you know, uh playing with those guys? It's been a fun experience <laughs> so far, right? <coughs> Excuse me, super cool. <clears throat> Our seasons are changing out here <laughs> in the desert. <clears throat> um yeah, uh super cool. Um you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, that band has always been fun from the beginning. And it's, you know, I'll tell you what, it's, it was challenging in the beginning because look, I know how to play heavy music. <clears throat> I know how to record that stuff because recording that, that stuff takes a special, uh, touch, you know, in fact, it was cool because Christian Cole, who we worked at his studio <clears throat> in Germany, uh, a year ago, uh, literally, uh, when we were recording uh, most of the Dieth album, we did some of it on our own in our own home studios and whatnot. And then we did, uh, you know, probably about half of it over there. He recorded my vocals. It's really where we discovered my vocal contributions because I just stepped up to the mic <clears throat> one day to kind of help um, line out some vocal ideas for uh, Walk With Me Forever, which was the ballad. And... Um, that's when uh, Michal and Guilherme both said, dude, you're singing this one. Like, that sounds awesome. You know, you're, you're our Phil Collins. I'm like, really? Because <laughs> yeah. G, you know, sings the heavy stuff. And, and um, you know, somebody pointed out to me, it's like this whole kind of heavy voice, clean voice. <clears throat> you know, that's been around since, like, Kiss. You know, Gene was right. the the gruff guy and Paul was the clean guy. So I was like, hey, you know, it's a good point. <laughs> this isn't a new concept, you know, I'd see like both from my Valentine and, you know, Matt was the clean voice and the bass player, whoever was kind of the, you know, and that, so that kind of became a thing in the two thousands. That was kind of a very young kind of musical approach, you know, this sort of death metal voice and then the clean singer guy and stuff. So, um, you know, it's interesting to be in one of those bands that, <laughs> that does that because then they wanted me to sing more and more. Uh, as we did cover songs, they wanted me to sing them. And, um, you know, so I had to really start paying attention to my voice. And and uh, it's quite honestly, it's kind of why I've cut back and doing some interviews and stuff. Because I did a ton of press for Dieth, you know, when we mm -hmm. got up leading into the summer with the record coming out in June. So between singing and press, now I know why singers, they don't talk all day. They just, you know, I'd be on a tour with Tim Ripper Owens. He wouldn't talk all day, you know, and now I know why. <laughs> it's like you save your voice for the show and. Fairly Celine Dion, same thing. They don't talk, you know, and now I know why, you know, press days are, are special days in the schedule and you don't do press every day like I do. You know, I just I always, you know, I always kind of say yes to stuff. And now I now I've learned I got to kind of control it a little bit. So hence our once a year check in. I get to talk to you once a year and that's it. And you got to get it all out. Yeah, I, exactly. I, won't, I won't keep you too long, but uh, no, um, we're good. We're good. But uh, <clears throat> Talking about your singing now. That has to be 
an experience just to be the main guy singing. Have you thought about that in the future? Like with this project and maybe other projects where you sing more. Totally. I mean, you know, for sure. I, um, look, I used to sing all the time in a kid in bands because again, my heroes were Van Halen and kiss and, you know, everybody sang at some point or at least they're, you know, Van Halen, of course, a lot of really cool harmony vocals, you know, sticks, there's always a couple of singers, uh, even even sweet, you know, uh, Steve Priest, the bass player would sing. Plus, they had a lead singer. Um, so a lot of the stuff I grew up with, the Beatles, of course, you know, uh, everybody sang at some point. So, you know, I, I kind of grew up with this mindset. You know, once I guess, you know, it's funny, once I hit puberty, my voice dropped, you know, and then I it was a whole different thing. And and then I then I just kind of enjoyed it's funny, my voice dropped, but I would always sing the high harmony stuff you know it's i always like being the harmonizing guy because i realized look you need a front man you need someone who to front the band and that's a special personality that's a that's a really fearless ballsy position you know to be up there fronting the band and and i my i have more of a speaking voice you know when i when i get on the mic i speak and people quiet and they listen right which is is cool i mean for clinics and i do a lot of like when i was doing bass story and this kind of stuff you know, um, when I was a kid, there was a there was a financial commercial, you know, when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. Right. And I've kind of got that voice. And that's for rock and roll. Maybe not the best. You want someone, you know, who's going to rile everyone up and get them in the party mood and keep the spirit high in between the songs. So that's that's not my forte. So I'm, you know, Glarmy is great with that. Um, you know, so I'm I'm usually better you know, being a singer, um, but I don't have to be the singer, um, you know, so, so, but, you know, look, I, you know, I started going to see a vocal coach, you know, and which I've done a lot over the years, but I found someone here in town. He's been a friend of mine a long time. And, and uh, I started seeing him, you know, as a, for vocal purposes to just kind of find out where my voice is. You know, I'm a true baritone, you know, on the piano from G2 to G4, that's a true baritone, I can kind of trend up into the lower tenor, you know, frequencies. So, you know, with diet, because of our tuning, we tune to the down to C. That is perfect for me. You know, C has always been a great range for me. You know, like the key of C is usually where happy songs are. If you move it up an octave, right? Like C, D, G, they're always kind of these, you know, you know, country music, Christian songs, pop songs on the radio. They're like, those are the happy keys, you know? So, um, my voice has, has always done pretty well in that key. So the, the irony that I'd be tuning down an octave, which fits my baritone and we're playing like death rash metal. And now suddenly I'm singing again at this point in my life. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? That's right. Uh, you talking about being, you know, if you had a band that was yours and you were singing, it would be a big responsibility to, uh, you know, to run that band, I guess it's a different world running the band as opposed to just kind of playing, you know, in the band, right? It's a different experience. I'm well, sure. I kind of run every band I'm in, to be honest with you. I, I, I do. I, I mean, I'm very much, sometimes I'm a leader at the front. Sometimes I'm a leader in, you know, I'm the engine or I'm the caboose, but I'm, I'm always in a leadership position, you know, and, and it's just because I've, I've done it. And even when I was a kid growing up, you know, in Minnesota on the farm, it's like every hour of every day was focused on my bands. You know, I'd be drawing backdrops and stage sets on, you know, sitting in math class or church or whatever, drawing, you know, this stuff on my, my tablets and stuff. 
So, you know, this has been a single focus for me my whole life. So, um, you know, I've always been, you know, the leader doesn't always have to be the guy up front talking. But I mean, look at I do most of the interviews. I I have had, you know, usually the most experience. You know, Metal Allegiance is is a is an interesting group because um we're all four leaders between Portnoy, Skolnick, Mangi, myself. So, you know, um in leadership, you know, sometimes the best thing when you have four leaders is to just let leaders lead, you know, and I think in that band, we've had to kind of find who leads best in which part of the, of the, of the group, you know, so, um, you know, so we, we allow that person to go, yeah, they, they got that. Let, let them kind of, there's like four pillars, you know what I mean? So you kind of let them take that part. Um, and then that way we don't argue and step all over each other. Now, you know, those roles take a while, especially when it's something like that, where we've all had our experiences, we've all got our golden platinum records and we've all been on these tours. We've all done all this stuff. So, you know, you don't have to come in. The worst thing is when people come in dick swing and thinking like, well, I'm the biggest guy in the room. Yeah. You're the biggest dick in the room is what you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? So don't be that guy. You know what I mean? It's like walk in, be cool. I don't want, I don't like being in the room with those, with that kind of dynamic. You know what I mean? It's I've done enough of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been around enough yeah. of that in my, in my career. And there's That's a true. time and a place where you suck it up and you deal with it and you, you just, you know, but now I don't want to deal with that. You know, it's uh, now for me, it's, it's, um, you know, I like, I like playing, you know, my motto, play music. I like with people I like, you know, and, um, and, and go along with the, with the challenges that come with it too, you know? So, sure. um, you know, even, and even with diet, you know, I mean, Guilherme is a great, he's a, you know, great leader of the band. He's kind of the musical leader of the band. And I defer to him when his instincts tell him something, I, I defer to that. You know, that's another thing is I don't have to be the guy always, you know, so I let him, have his instincts. Same with Jeff Young. You know, he and I talk regularly uh, and just randomly call each other out of the blue and have phone conversations to talk about things. And, and um, you know, I, I trust, you know, Jeff has had his own experiences, you know, um, since we worked together at, back in the eighties. So he's got good uh, leadership instincts on stuff. And, and I, I learned to just sit back and, you know, let, let people have, because people also want to feel validated. They want to feel like their voice matters. Like, their contribution matters and, and, and validating people with letting them have the reins is, is part of that process in a band for sure. And that's how you get along, right? Sometimes is you kind of let them say what they say and you kind of just react whatever way. Yeah, and sometimes I'll sit back and I'll just let everybody, you know, I'll let, you know, I'll let the kindergartners think they're in charge. And then I walk in and go, you know, it's like whiplash. Yo, not my tempo. <laughs> All right, motherfuckers. Now we're doing it my way. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, um, it, it, it goes a number of different ways, you know. But look, at the end of the day, what are we trying to do? We're just trying to play some songs. We're trying to get on stage. Um, and, you know, some days it's like wrangling cats, you know, to get everybody to <laughs> go the right direction. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's everybody's got a different role. And, you know, the personalities to play instruments, you know, lead guitar guys are a certain gunslinger kind of freaking guy, you know, and, and lead singers and drummers are a certain dude and horn players and keyboard players. So, I mean, everybody, you know, these are personality types. These aren't just, these aren't just musicians. These are personality types, you know, and that, and that's, that's what people want to see, man. It's entertaining, man. People, 
people want to hear charisma in these performances, you know what I mean? So part of what right. you're dealing with is, is you're dealing with the, with the, it's the circus, man. It's a while, you know, you got the fire breathers and the sword swallowers and the fucking jugglers and the dancers and you got everybody you're dealing with, you know? So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's all, it's all part of what we signed up for, you know? Sure. Uh, you're talking about uh, Jeff Young. What's it been like to to play with him again and do these songs? You're probably doing a lot of songs with the Kings of Thrash that you haven't done in a long time, or maybe some. You know, you, you're going back and you're playing. Have you have you done that? Have you uh, played some songs? And you're like, man, I got to remember how to play that. Or have there been some experiences like that? Well, you know, when you're in the room and these songs are being written and you're part of the composing and you're part of putting these tunes together and then you take them in, you record them, you tour them, you know, it, it's like riding a bike, right? It, it's always sort of in your in your uh, kind of heart and soul, right? So to go back and revisit them, they come back pretty quickly. Uh, there are a couple little tricky things in Mary Jane and I knew them. I just had to kind of revisit them and sit down with a bass in my hand and you know, there's right. There's, but I remember them. They're right under. They're right. Know where they are. The position of of the fingerboard. I just had to get the motor movements again. You know, get the motor skill back on it. You know, and now it's no problem. But um, it's fun to revisit some of that stuff because you know those are really you know progressive, cool songs. And you know, for the most part, we only in Kings of Thrash, we really only played the '80s stuff. You know, of you know kind of two parts of this thing you know we started as the mega years because right. you know we were honoring you know these these early you know uh megadeth stuff but we do a lot of other stuff i mean look we even have a we get jump in the fire which is a metallica song you know and dave wrote it it's it, it was a cool i always yeah. liked that song because i could play it on guitar it's this pentatonic basically just this pentatonic uh riff um and i always liked it it's cool so i wanted to put that in the sets and um you know now we do some stuff by riot and def leppard you know we go back to some of the you know the things that influenced the the you know the kings of thrash you know the you know that so that, that's why we called it that because we figured look we don't have to just play megadeth songs we can play kind of anything we want we can honor other thrash icons and you know play some other stuff so um, you know, what I didn't realize is how much guitar Jeff played on So Far So Good So What. I was kind of under the end of the pressure. He came in and played four solos and that was it. But, you know, now <laughs> that I'm working with him, it's like he, he played guitar almost every single song on that record. And, um, you know, really had a big part of the sound of that record. So, And for a guy who literally had just a couple of weeks to kind of get his mind around the songs and learn it and come in and do it. And, you know, now he'll play you know, when, when we, you know, Chris Poland was a guest with us and, and obviously we'd love to have him whenever we can, but he's got other, you know, family and work commitments. So he's, that's why we build Kings of Thrash is me and Jeff and then you know, guests come in, we can do that. But, um, you know, when Chris isn't there, I mean, Jeff plays all of Chris's parts. He plays a lot of Dave's parts. So, I mean, I mean, that guy is a workhorse, man. He, he really, he does the, he does the work. He puts the time in for sure. And he, he's getting a chance to, uh, to play more probably now than he did back then, right? He wasn't around too long in the band, right? Yeah. So he's given yeah. more of a chance to play. Well, it's interesting, you know, in Megadeth, you know, because me and some of the former guys have, have tried to, like when Dave broke the band up in 2002, you know, um, me and Jimmy and our manager wanted me and Jimmy and Al Petrelli to come together and try to do something. And and we we were ready to do it. We were introduced, we were, we were talking to some singers. You know who reached out to us was the singer from Steelheart. 
right? Oh, wow. And that's uh, which is the rock star movie guy, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Right. And uh, and I love his voice on some of those songs, like We All Die Young. I mean, just killer, man. I, that guy's such a great singer. And and you know, we were talking to the singer from um oh uh, fuck, what was that band on Maverick Records? Um God, I got their name escapes me right now, but um there's a few guys around, but you know, it, I always knew this is it's like every person in Megadeth was there to basically support Dave's centerpiece, right? Like Dave's vision, Dave's songs, Dave's ideas, right? And while we all contributed and we were part of it, it all centered around Dave being the, you know, the, the chief engineer of the thing, right? So when you peel those individual members out, and try to go do something on its own. It, it what it really lacks is that leadership. The whole reason we were all there was for that, right? Those those guys, you know, like I Al is just so, you know, that sabotage gig really, you know, developed a sound for him, and that's why when that turned into Trans Siberian Orchestra, I mean, Al is just he's the centerpiece of TSO. You know, he plays on all those records on TV. When we hear those songs, it's all Al. Yeah. So Al is that guy, you know, and DeGrasso has done so many different things. In some ways, DeGrasso is still the, the uh, suicidal tendency guy to me, as much <laughs> as he's had a ton of gigs. I mean, we did Montrose together. We did Megadeth together. We've done a lot of things together, you know, but to me, he's he's still kind of the suicidal tendency guy. <laughs> so, um, you know, sometimes these things don't work when you sort of peel them out away from the the reason we were together, which, you know, in that setting was for Megadeth. So, uh, it's it's kind of cool that Jeff and I not only get to revisit Megadeth stuff, but we also, you know, we we wrote some new songs together, and um, you know, we're we're just, you know, we're taking our time with how that's coming together, you know, because every time we kind of start getting busy with it, some more you know, Kings of Thrash shows come sure. in, and and yeah. uh, you know, at the end of the day, people love seeing us play those old tunes together, you know. Well, I was going to ask you about that though, uh, talking about getting with with Jeff and and writing new songs that's an idea in your mind that you're gonna record like some new material and yeah we have we have some tracks already yeah we have some tracks recorded in fact so we you know we kind of got reconnected the first time i'd seen jeff in many many years is at nam the ronnie montrose remembered concerts um and it was great because i you know met brad gillis that night who's become a, a dear friend uh gilby clark i knew uh, DeGrasso was playing drums. So there's a whole cast of us out on stage. And I look over and Jeff Young's way over there on stage, <laughs> right? Right. And with a flying V. So I didn't even recognize him, you know. And he comes over, we give a hug and a high five. And it's like, wow, this is kind of an unexpected moment. So um, we shared the stage then. And that would have been 2017 or 18 or something like that, right? <clears throat> and then, um, you know, like when we did the VH1 behind the music for Megadeth, you know, I was the guy that reached out to everybody. I reached out to Chris Poland, I reached out to Jeff, and and uh, you know, there were some hard feelings of those from those guys. You know, understandably so. Um, and and so I just said, listen, come in and do this. You know, we value your part of the story. You're part of this story. You know, of the Megadeth history, and and you know, this will be good. For I'd love for the fans to see you guys again, you know, because um, it's easy when you're not in a big group anymore to just sort of, you know, you, you it's easy to fade out and fade kind of away from from that that spotlight. So I wanted them to to be recognized. So when, you know, they came to me to, to narrate the Nick Menza movie that we're working on, um, you know, in 2022, 
Um, actually, it was 21, really. But by the time we got started on it in 22, I, I do what I always do, which is now I get invested. Suddenly, I'm writing some checks to help fund it. You know what I mean? I just I just bring everything in. You know, I'm like, if I'm in, I'm all in. You know what I mean? So I'm like, you know, fuck it. I'll help out with this. Look, Nick, Nick was a dear friend to me. The men's a family is, is a dear family to me. Uh, we've all stayed in touch with each other. And to tell Nick's story, I thought was great. I was the first guy they reached out to for his book when they were writing his book, Mega Life. Um, so I did the first interview. And then, of course, that helped get other people uh, involved in the book. And so I figured, look, you know, I've been gifted with a great career and, you know, some notoriety. So if I can use those things to help move something along for the greater good, you know, hey, count me in. You know, I'm here to be used for that stuff. Sure. So when is that uh, documentary supposed to be released? Is it coming up next year? Next year, yeah. We were we've got we're just working on all the post production now. We filmed everything throughout twenty uh, two, um, and then this year has mostly just been working on the production and stuff. So, uh, and you know, look, it doesn't have some big studio budget behind it. So you know, we're <laughs> it's kind of everybody's throwing in their time and you know, uh, their, their efforts and traveling around and interviewing everybody. So, you know, it, it's done just out of, you know, the goodness of everybody's hearts. And, um, but, you know, and it was through that, that Jeff and I got reconnected and I sat down and interviewed him. In fact, he actually helped us get the one, um, production facility where we could do a lot of the interviews in Hollywood. So Jeff, same thing. If he's in, he's all in, you know, he brings his contacts and his resources and, and um and at dinner jeff and i were were hanging and um you know at the rainbow which is funny because the rainbow back in the day was where all the decadence happened i mean that was full-on you know that was just you know what that place was and now it's not you know especially since lemmy's gone i mean lemmy was kind of the staple there (laughs) and uh now that he's gone it's sort of now kind of a monument to the old days you know and it's you know i'll go there once in a while and have dinner with friends and and it's funny, you know, you see a lot of a younger generation hanging out there. And um, even people that got in there like in the 90s, they always say, they go, man, I, I, I miss the 80s. Because the 80s was the 60s to the 80s. I think that was the glory day of of true rock and roll at the rainbow, you know. But but so Jeff and I went there and we're hanging out, having a pizza and whatnot. And, and, he, and he started humming these riffs that he had back that we that we used to work on back when he was in the band, and I and I totally remembered them because uh, there's this one that's kind of this descending ri- arpeggio riff in in like seven four I think, and and um, and uh, and so we went in the studio with uh, Mike Keller uh, from the Lucid um, let us use his studio, and he engineered some tracks for us. So we started putting some ideas down and got got some tracks, and that. You know, then Kings of Thrash formed after that when we jammed on stage at the Whiskey a couple months later. So uh, it all, you know, Jeff and I just had this kind of unexpected reunion and connection together. And, you know, it just opened up a nice musical journey for us to have now on our own um, celebration of our past and, you know, coming up with some new some new material together now moving forward as well. Sure. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, tell me about this, the Ellison Coffee Rock and Roll VIP experience extravaganza yeah. all that good stuff what's all about? yeah uh you know i said say it's so cool first of all i'm glad nam is back i've always loved nam you know my first experience to nam is when gar samuelson he worked for bc rich guitars 
back in the eighties. And he would invite me and Dave out to the show and he'd sneak us the passes. Cause back then it was very close to the public. Like and it still says close to the public, but everybody gets in, you know? Yeah. And uh, everybody knows some dude at a music store who can get a pass, you know, which is <laughs> what makes it fun, man. It's like, everybody's there. It's the big, that's that week is the party. You know, it's kind of like the Grammys. That's that, you know, a couple of days, everybody's watching what's happening, you know, in L.A. So, the you know, the, the NAM show is the same thing. So um, now that it's reset after COVID, it's back in January again, which is, is you know, proven to be the, the, the premier time to have it. Um, you know, Metal Allegiance were performing at the House of Blues, which we've done that a lot over the years. Um, and then they reached out to us regarding Ellison Coffee um, because they're you know they want vendors they want people back they want the show full and and they they came to us about it and we said yeah absolutely and so my team we just we put it together and it was uh, um, you know at our booth is I mean dead center in Hall D which is the place to be I mean it's you know I've been as guitarist as here and SIT strings and Seymour Duncan I mean it's freaking awesome and when we were there um back in 2018 i'm gonna say 18 or 19 um we we got kind of grandfather well we got sort of pulled grand i guess grandfathered in with another booth that was registered at nam and that's what got us in that we registered so now we're you know nam members um and um they loved it i mean we 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 you know we would just brew up coffee you could smell it everywhere it smelled so good and people would come god where's that coffee coming from you know and they we had a line of people that we were just giving away samples and you know one of the key things at nam is you have to have an awesome floor because your feet are so exhausted from walking you know miles and miles and miles on this concrete convention floor when i worked for pv uh hartley had just bought a brand new killer booth and had awesome carpet people would come by our booth and stand on the carpet and go oh my god your carpet's so good my you know because your feet are tired so that was one of the things we did at our booth i said we have to have a great floor so we bought like this nice spongy you know spongy floor that you can stand on and it's just it feels awesome so if your feet are tired and am come by hang out have some coffee and check out our awesome floor so cool yeah. so so th there's all kinds of stuff going on what kind of you know, you're, you're doing songs uh, with some of your different bands, I guess, right, that are there? Yeah, so well, I'm going to do some autograph signings at the booth. So we'll have Metal Legions, you know, my tribe first, of course, Metal Legions, Dieth, uh, Kings of Thrash guys. Um, and then I'm going to hit up some other guests. I already have a few that that have uh, that, that I've had in mind and I'm going to reach out to because uh, that's what you do right rock stars do signings of booths and and um and then and so jeff young he's offered to do some acoustic stuff there um you know the you can't have rock bands playing because yeah. there's volume restrictions you know but uh so the acoustic thing's perfect you know he's he's great at that and um now a lot since we made the announcement a lot of people are reaching out to us about things so you know i just want it to be this cool thing you know we're going to open up my vault of a bunch of cool you know, posters and laminates and clothes and guitars and just stuff that I've, you know, we call my mega vault, you know, stuff that uh, just kind of fun, cool things that, that you wouldn't normally see out on the open market, you know. Um, and, um, you know, so, yeah, it's it and there, you know, the media lounge is, again, designed to be that, you know, have a nice place for people to come in and do interviews and media and they don't have to necessarily be with me you know with other people too you know have have our friends in the media like yourself and whatnot come in conduct interviews with people and you know we want it to be a place you can kind of come in kick back 
come in for a little shelter and then go back out into the onslaught and am, you know? So uh, it, I, th- I think it's, it's, we set it up pretty good. It worked really nice last time. Awesome. Uh, the Kings of Thrash, what kind of shows you got lined up uh, for the, with them? Well, coming up? there's a, there's a few uh, and the two that we've announced that are out right now are uh, the whiskey in Hollywood on December 14th. And then uh, the, December 16th at uh, a venue called stages down in Santa Ana. And um, we're going to play, we're not going to just play killing and, and so far so good. So what, like we did before, we've kind of done that in, in California already. So we're going to kind of play the, the, the best of those. We've got a whole bunch of other tunes that we're going to play that we didn't play the last time we came through um, at the whiskey and down in San Diego. And um yeah, so it should be should be cool. They they reached out. It was is we had a great show at the whiskey. That's I'm glad we filmed it and recorded it and put that out. It's the best of the West um, live album and DVD that we put out with Cleopatra. So that's that's out and yeah, super cool. Um, really a great. It's just one of those shows. I don't think the whiskey, even the whiskey, I don't think has seen the whiskey like that. I mean, that was a true fucking thrash metal mayhem show. Awesome. Just like the old days. It was great. Awesome. Um, you know, through all the years of playing, you know, you, you're doing all these projects. You're having a lot of fun. I may have talked to you about this before, but, you know, different things happen in life and, you know, and you're, you're having a good time, you know, what, but what keeps you motivated to play through it all? I mean, what, what, what keeps you really going where you go? I'm, I'm going to keep doing this. You know, the good Lord has blessed us all with talents, you know, that uh, that's why you can't be somebody else and you can't do what somebody else does because that's the gift they were given. Right. And so, you know, for me, you know, part of it is the music. Part of it is the leadership we talked about earlier Um, and, you know, getting in the room to try to help, you know, everything rise to the level that, that it, it could potentially be at, I think is, that's the thing that probably gives me the most joy (laughs) to be honest with you. You know, songs are just a way to communicate with people, just like this interview is a way to communicate with people. Right. Um, and being on stage is, is just that you're just, you're, you're sort of, you're create, you know, you're performing something that brings people together. And I think ultimately that's kind of maybe my greater gift, you know, is to just help bring people together, you know, whether it's a few people in a room as musicians or it's to take those people on stage and bring thousands or at least hundreds or whatever, tens of thousands of people together to, to, you know, be part of something. Um, You know, that seems to be one of the things that I'm meant to do here on the planet, you know? So you know, sitting at home or just isolating on my own doesn't really fulfill that, you know, and, and then I get kind of grumpy and cranky and I realize it's, I got to keep moving and keep going, you know? So, um, you know, that's, I think that's it more than anything, you know, that that's where my real passion and, and joy is, you know, even the coffee booth, I was like, all right, look, why not be the host with the most and, have the coffee booth, you know, and, and have it be a place, a home where other people can come. And, you know, I've already talked to some other people that are, you know, doing some other ventures. It's like, Hey, you want to have a voice and a platform at my booth, me, you know, me casa, you know, it's casa, you know, so my home is your home. Come on in and, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my booth as a platform for you to roll out your products and, 
and uh, have a place to, you know, have a, have a shingle at NAM, you know, if you want to come in and, and do that. So, you know, that's, I think sharing the gifts at Christmas, right? Share the gift. It's always, it's always better. You know, it's always more fun for everybody. Sure. And, uh, and as far as the future, I mean, it's wide open, you know, you probably, if there's some things that you want to do that you haven't done, I might've asked you that before. There's some things that you've always wanted to do. Maybe you haven't done before. Have you, I know your mind's probably always thinking about, I want to do yeah. this. Do that. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's funny. I, I always like traveling, you know, I like moving and being in motion. You know, I just, I do better there, you know, and I don't always, it doesn't always have to be far, far away. I mean, I've never been to Africa. I'd like to go there. Um, I want to go back to Costa Rica because I love it there. So, I mean, sometimes it's those things. It doesn't even involve music. You know what I mean? It's, I think now I'm at this point where, you know, I've kind of been everywhere a bunch of times, but just when you think you've been everywhere, suddenly you get a call from Dyeth to go to Gdansk, Poland. And I don't ever remember being in Gdansk, Poland, you know, <laughs> suddenly I'm, I'm there, you know? So I, I think those are the fun things that music is, um, has been such a, such a cool journey you know i mean i uh when when the thought came to me on the school bus you know when i was 10 11 12 years old to get a bass guitar and try to play kiss songs and you know sound like bto and sweet and sticks and all those cool guys back then you know never in the world that i'd think you know we'd be sitting here with you and me recapping you know the last 45 46 years of my life of, of where that bass guitar took me you know it took me all around the world such cool places and you know, even this last summer to Kings of Thrash, going back to Australia um, and having that great experience down there and touring all across Europe this summer was so cool. And, you know, I did it in a way it was fly dates. I didn't have to get we drove a lot of it, too. But, you know, I didn't have to wasn't in the grind of it all, you know, and I think that's something I kind of enjoy now is not having to do the grind. And maybe I want to go do that again. But for this this little season of my life, I like, you know, can play on some weekends and then I get to actually go enjoy the, you know, and I go walk around Dresden, Germany and like sightsee and see stuff and, you know, really, you know, enjoy the culture and the food and the people. And, you know, that's something you don't get to do that much when you're in the grind, you're kind of just rolling through and you get the passport stamp and it's on to the next country or city. So I've already done all that. So now it's fun to just kind of be a little more, you know, with the people and, um, you know, the Polish thing, I was, I really have enjoyed that being up there, you know, being part of that. And Guilherme from Diet, he's a, he's a, he's a world history major with a cool. minor in political science. So he and I nerd out on all kinds of history stuff and uh, it, which is great. You know, we'll be walking down the street going to get coffee and he's just, uh, just a wealth of knowledge and, 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 and we can just talk about that. So I love that, man. It's, uh, at that point, the songs are secondary. You know what I mean? It's uh, that's almost the easy part is get on stage and play the songs. It's then it's having these other life experiences now, right? And you get to look back on them and, and enjoy those times, make some new new moments. Uh, so, are there any surprises? You know, usually something pops up. Are there any things in the works that you don't know about that might happen with some kind of you know project or something that? Well, see, that's that's how this stuff all happens. You know, when I moved to California, I didn't think we'd start Megadeth. I mean, I was I was, you know, I, something like that was in the hope bucket, but it wasn't in the reality bucket yet. You know, 
you know, who knew that, you know, here we are, what, October, right? So October 21, I'm getting the lucid out, doing that. You know, I got hit up uh, about the Nick Menza movie. So I knew there was a couple things coming down the pike. Suddenly roll into January, you know, a couple months later. And next thing you know, we're putting diet together, you know. And uh, by April, I'm traveling to, you know, Poland to go shoot a music video. So, you know, that, that's the fun thing about this is that, you know, is is you just wake up and say, hmm, what's what's on the plate today? You know what I mean? And it's uh, kind of like the prayer. Give me this day my daily bread, you know, and it's like it, and then that little morsel shows up like, wow, this is pretty cool. I didn't see that coming. And, and that's why it's important to stay connected. I mean, there's like, what, six billion people on the planet. I've met some of them, you know, there's a whole bunch more to meet, you know, so that's kind of my goal is to, you know, there's, there's there's a lot more people to meet and a lot more stuff to do. Awesome. Well, I'm sure you'll you'll have fun, you know, meeting those people and having a good time. I, we'll have to do this again, maybe six months instead of a year, because you're you're always doing something. I, I have to catch up and see what's going on with you. Yeah, you know, between, yeah. You've got a thousand things going on, but uh, well, yeah. I hope all the best for you, man. I, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing, uh, seeing the DVDs and hearing new music and uh, checking out everything that you do. Always a fan and always eager to talk to you, man. I appreciate you yeah, talking. Man. Thanks for the check-in, Gary. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. Take care. See you, buddy. Bye. For more information about David Ellison, head on over to davidellison.com. Check out all his social media sites and platforms, especially Facebook, and uh, you'll find out what he's up to. And uh, thanks for checking in. Until next time, everybody, always remember to keep the music real.